When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right now, going to catch up with uh, Eden Park CEO Nick Saunter. There's a lot going on over the next couple of months for Eden Park, and uh, Nick joins us on the line now. He's been very kind to give up some of his time. Uh, afternoon to you, Nick. Good afternoon. Thanks for your time. Women's World Cup uh, at the moment, mate, capturing everyone's imagination. So I imagine it's been a pretty busy last couple of weeks for you. It certainly has, and uh, I'd fair to say that it's exceeded a lot of people's expectations. We knew this was the biggest event in New Zealand's history, uh, the, the biggest women's event um, in the world, and for us to be able to host nine fixtures, the opening fixture with Hannah Wilkinson and scoring that uh, epic goal, um, set the tone for the tournament. Um, we've got now our quarterfinal and semifinal to go, um, six of nine games sold out. We'll have over 350,000 patrons uh, at Eden Park, our national stadium, throughout the tournament. I was actually going to ask you um, that, Nick, if, if the, I guess, the interest and the way the ticket sales have gone, etc., um, did surprise you. Because, you know, for a lot of people who looked at it pre-World Cup and there were, the, there were the messages out there to, you know, make sure you buy tickets and sales might have been struggling somewhat. But we know that Kiwis are, are the kind of people that sort of get into something once it begins and gets underway. So, you know, I guess surprising in a way uh, just how popular it has become and how much it's captured uh, New Zealand imagination nations now even without New Zealand in the tournament? Well I think people have been um, just intrigued by some of the contests that uh, some of the traditional teams that you would have thought like the US would have gone through um, and also seeing teams like Colombia beat Germany. Germany again was uh, one of the teams to beat. Um, It's just that there has hardly been a contest where there's not been a surprise or an upset or Indeed, just great football being played. And um, for us to see some of the attendance of the Philippines on a Sunday night um, and the crowds that we've been able to attract, over 30,000 fans, um, Mm. it's just been wonderful. And um, it really does leave a a legacy both on and off the field. Uh, On field with uh, girls and and women's sport, and uh, we've been committed over the last three years to focus on women's sport with our three Women's World Cups in an 18-month period, but also the infrastructure with... Thirty-three million dollars of upgrades at Eden Park. Yeah, you've you've had a great uh, last couple of years in terms of those uh, women's finals, Nick. Uh, you know, in, in the semi, uh, the quarterfinal coming up this uh, this Friday, and then obviously you've got a semi-final next Tuesday. I mean, just in terms from from your perspective, um, Eden Park, how would that be the biggest sporting event you think Eden Park's ever hosted a, a World Cup semi-final? Well, when you look at it, uh, the global audience—they're talking two billion global audience—and um, some of the, the VIPs have attended. Um, it has put Eden Park on the world stage in markets that perhaps weren't familiar with uh, our historic venue. Um, the US have been delighted, but also then when we had teams like Argentina, um, the history of the All Blacks and the Black Ferns here, and now with football being played, it's certainly been on our radar to ensure that we are a multi-purpose venue, a strategic asset for the country, and a community asset for Auckland, and 
bringing football games to the Southern Hemisphere. This tournament, the first time uh, that it's been held in the Southern Hemisphere. I also think it's given a great insight into the co-hosting opportunity. We've yeah. seen events previously being held between Australia and New Zealand. The investment in infrastructure um, is reduced when you, you've you spread that across two countries. So that's really been another legacy that hopefully when we see with bids in the future, we might see. You can imagine a, Melbourne's just pulled out of the Commonwealth Games. Well, a Sydney and Auckland bid for the mm. Commonwealth Games. Um, I see that as being a real opportunity in future. Yeah, I was speaking about that earlier on in the show, Nick. Uh, hopefully other sporting competitions look at this, like you said, and see the opportunity to have it co-hosted and how uh, successful it can be. Speaking of uh, of being a multi-sport venue, um, State of Origin, the chat around that coming to New Zealand has been very, very wide and uh, both here and across in Australia over the last couple of weeks and we're starting to see rumours of conversations being had. I guess just to just to kick this one off, can you confirm that you've, that you've had discussions with the NRL over bringing State of Origin to Eden Park? Well, conversation started in 2016. Uh, the previous CEO here, Guy Nata, um, put it on the agenda. Um, and, and from our side, we've had a rich history with league being played here, whether it be um, looking at the NRL nines and 90,000 fans coming over a weekend to the venue, a large percentage of those coming from inbound from Australia, whether it be um, the east coast of Australia, but also across New Zealand. Um, I don't want to probably go back to March 2020 because uh, <laughs> it was a time when we all started thinking about uh, something called COVID mm. and, and Zoom and Teams and things like that. But we were going to be the inaugural Codes of Auckland where the double header with the Warriors playing and then the Blues playing on the same ticket. And so it's been something that um, we want to revisit that concept. We want to see league played at Eden Park. We think there's, um, you look at the growth of the game, you look at the, the viewing audiences and you look at the performances of the Warriors. But also we want the fans and we want the team um, and their management and the NRL to feel comfortable about playing games here. We've seen international league being played here and I'm confident that more international league will be played at Eden Park in the future. So the conversations have been going on for, for a wee while now, Nick. As I mentioned, it seems to, I guess, ramp up or have ramped up over the last couple of weeks and, and the, the sort of year they're throwing out is 2027 given that they've already locked in venues uh, for the next three years. Is that, that is that what you've sort of been hearing as well? Have they been talking about a potential to bring it here in 2027? Well, Peter Valanius has, has talked about coming to New Zealand and there's only one venue in the country, Eden Park, that could accommodate a state of origin. Uh, we're confident that um, we can work without consenting around kickoff time. So that's one that um, will need to be worked through to ensure broadcast meets uh, the requirements. But ultimately, um, it does come down to seed funding from central government and council. Um, this is a major event, and we've seen this uh, with the likes of a Taylor Swift or Coldplay, that um, governments now, particularly in Australia, uh, are putting up um, large sums of money to secure these um, events um, because they know the economic benefit. Uh, you look at... With us, Ed Sheeran, uh, 25 million economic benefit derived from concerts here at the park, um, 120,000 fans over a weekend. So um, it is a big business, but from a personal perspective, I look at it and say, 
We want a city that is dynamic, it's vibrant, you want to live here, work here, play here, and events of the calibre of the state of origin is, is definitely on our bucket list of events that we want to have at our national stadium. So of the, the conversations that you've sort of had over the years, is it up to, I guess, you and New Zealand, um, local governments, uh, national governments, to sort of convince the NRL, or do, is, is the more proactive approach coming from the NRL, they're looking into it? Which side does that sort of fall on? I think it's a collaboration that ultimately um, it has been a challenging three years in Auckland and New Zealand um, with COVID, um, with flooding, with cyclones, etc. Now we look at the pipeline of events um, for the next, whether it be five or ten years, and, uh, and need to start thinking through how do we secure these events and, and what is the approach. We've talked about it, that um, is there a national stadium strategy um, that is adopted? Mm. Um, and part of that is around, well, what are those events that we want to bring to our beautiful country um, and showcase the city? Um, talking to the local businesses and the local business association with regard to the FIFA Women's World Cup, they've had a 400% uptake in sales. Now, you can imagine after two years of COVID and the disruption to the hospitality sector, the, the hotels, restaurants, bars, um, they need major events. Um, one of the local businesses said that they turn over more in a day when event is held than they do in, in a month, mm, often. Mm. And so that's just, um, it's the fabric of the, the, the city. Um, 3,000 jobs created, whether it be bus drivers and train drivers getting an additional shift. Um, our staff cleaning, catering, security, customer service. Um, there's so many opportunities, far greater than um, economic. Uh, it is the health and wellness of our country. So um, State of Origin is one of those events that I know, um, if we were fortunate enough to be able to secure, um, there's no question the demand would exceed supply. No, absolutely not. And I know uh, Kiwi Rugby League fans would absolutely love and they would flock uh, to see it no matter what time and day uh, it's on, Nick. So, look, a lot of a lot of the time these conversations uh, or you see these rumours, reports flying around the media and they do sort of, uh, they just sort of seem like lip service, nothing ends up happening. How confident are you? Like, where, where is your confidence level at that this might actually happen? Well, as, as like anything, we aspire to get the best events for our city and our country. So, And you, you need to um, put up your hand. And I said, we've put up a hand and said, we want State of Origin at Eaton Park. Um, there's obviously a lot of water to go under the bridge, but um, if Peter Volandius is listening, um, bring State of Origin to New Zealand. Um, the last three years have been challenging for the country, um, for the city, uh, for sports fans um, and uh, to be able to deliver an event of this calibre is something that we certainly want. Mm. Uh, the other thing that's been floating around um, in, in rugby league circles, uh, Nick, is that uh, the Warriors who haven't uh, played in the NRL finals since 2018, they, they finished eighth there so they were never going to get a home final but you have to go back, uh, well, a long time to figure out when we last had a home final. They currently sit in the NRL's top four. The conversation is being had that if they were to snag a home uh, prelim final which is uh, the, the step before the NRL Grand Final, and quite often in Australia, the Sydney teams are forced to go to a bigger stadium in order to accommodate, you know, the increased interest. Has that conversation been had with Eden Park at all about potentially hosting an NRL uh, Finals game for the Warriors? My understanding is the NRL determines in consultation with the clubs um, as to the the venue, and um, and we'd be open to having a conversation, but that would be on the proviso that all the parties are happy for that to, to occur. Um, obviously the Warriors have had a wonderful season at Mount Smart. The economic benefit of being able to um, enable another 
20,000 fans in um, is something that obviously needs to be considered. But um, from our side, we'd want to, we'd love to host a, a final, but it'd be predicated on um, all the parties being comfortable with it being held here at Eden Park. I'm not, I'm not sure if you'd um, be able to um, tell us this, uh, Nick, but how soon or how far out do, does Eden Park need to know that? Because obviously the other big question is we're, we're not going to know the, that equation until very, very close to the time, depending on whether they get knocked out or not. Plus we also have other sporting events going on, including the MPC at the moment. How much time, I guess, do you need or does Eden Park need to be able to make that decision? Well, we can turn around the venue in 24 hours or less than 24 hours. We've been able to host cricket games on one day and, and rugby games the next, uh, football games on one game and then um, and, and, and uh, union games for the following day. So we're confident we've got a calendar of content um, that's locked in for the remainder of the year. Uh, and there is always events that pop in and out. Um, we've got uh, events like Freestyle Kings and, and concert content, but also there's a huge window of opportunity the, the thing that I would also say is that FIFA has demonstrated just the quality of our field um, yep. and the feedback that we received from the players to be able to have had seven games now um, in the window to date, a further two games, and the Garden of Eden looks like carpet. So we want to be able to provide um, all codes with uh, the optimal um, field conditions and surface. Yeah, no, you're spot on there, Nick. Uh, the, the, the field is held up in, in magnificent fashion for the uh, Women's World Cup. Just before I let you go, what, what else is coming up at Eden Park over the next couple of months? You mentioned uh, a couple of events there, but what else can, uh, can punters around the Auckland region, or if they want to travel up, what can they get along to? Yeah, so from uh, my team's perspective, you can imagine um, the, the effort that's gone in to delivering uh, the nine FIFA Women's World Cup fixtures. I think dilapidation and, uh, and decommissioning the venue post-FIFA is uh, quite a significant task. Then we go into the Bunnings MPC fixtures. We've got events like Art in the Park. We've got our hole-in-one challenge and G9 golf tournament within the stadium. Um, as I mentioned, there's uh, hoping to, to have some further concert announcements. And then we've also got Pink next year. So... Um, We've announced our three cricket fixtures with Pakistan and then two Australian um, games. So it is a busy time. We do over a 1,000 functions a year at the park. And for next month, we've got uh, over 1,200 coming on our tour program. So our glamping's back online and rooftop tours. So there's never a dull moment here. No, not at all. And it'll keep you busy, Nick. I really appreciate you jumping on the show this afternoon, mate. And uh, enjoy these, uh, these, next, uh, or these last few uh, FIFA World Cup games. They're going to be crackers. Thanks for coming on. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time. There you go. Nick Saunter, the Eden Park uh, CEO, uh, talking Women's World Cup and also a little bit of that state of origin discussion and maybe some finals football. So from my understanding, just taking it, taking um, from what Nick said about the finals in particular, no conversation had with them whatsoever yet. Um, and yeah, I guess NRL and the Warriors will have to sort it out and then Eden Park's the last piece of the puzzle. In terms of the state of origin uh, discussion, he sort of did keep his powder dry there as to whether or not there has been robust discussion. I always just think with this stuff, it, so much of it, just sort of seems like lip service, doesn't it? It's easy for Philandes and some of these guys to come out saying, yeah, no, we'd love to take it to New Zealand. We'd love to to look at that option. But how realistic is it actually? And, and how dedicated are they are they to it? Because Andrew Abdo uh, came on our show after one of the games last year um, at Mount Smart saying that, yep, we're going to try and repay the Warriors. We want to do all we can to thank them for their service. And what ended up happening? One team brought their home game here and that was the Tigers which coincidentally is this weekend. Big thanks to the Tigers for doing that but pretty poor from the NRL that that was all we got and an all-star game which probably should be here anyway.